Hey, welcome to Late Night with Larry. I'm your host, Larry D. I'm here with my co-host, Vince. Vince, give me a shout out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Larry D Studios, where we got another great show for you. That's right. We're here doing it once again for you. Yes. And before we get started, I want you to hit that subscribe button. Send us your story, your encounter, or your sighting if you've had one. And you can do that at late night with Larry 55 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Right, but before we get started, I don't know if any of you have been following the news. The first shipments of the corona vaccine have been shipped out. Uh, a lot of them come to the Navajo Nation. Yeah. We got some here in Santa Fe. I managed to get my hands on two vials of it. Oh, and there you go. This is the first round of vaccines. This is the real deal, people. That's right. First round of vaccines. So, well, let's get protected. Right. Here's to your house. Right. Okay. <sighs> now I'm going to throw that mask away. I don't need it. That's right. <laughs> I no longer need it. Uh, so, tonight we think we're going to just switch it up a little bit and we're going to talk a little bit about the paranormal. Right. And, and of course, there'll be some squatch stories, can, you know, touching on the paranormal. Um, uh, I'll kick it off with, I recently watched a, a, a show about natives and, uh, and Sasquatch. And I was telling my brother, there was one story that was interesting and it stood out. So there was a tribe of natives living in the forest. And there was a group of squatches that came into their their tribe and they could hear him coming they were making a lot of noise being real rowdy well they came in and they started killing all the tribal members they killed all the tribal members except one young man they didn't kill this young man because it was said that he had supernatural powers the squatches couldn't touch him and i guess in the folklore if, if you have powers they don't bother you anyway as time passed on, he found these squatches and he found where they habitate. And he was watching them and he was watching them do battle and they were harming themselves, really fighting. And uh, he was wondering, well, why, why don't they die? They're, they're, you know, inflicting severe wounds to each other. And he wondered why when his tribe was fighting them, why they didn't die. So he hid himself. And he watched his squatches for a little while, off and on. And then he noticed that when these squatches would get ready to go out to do battle, and he said it was a daily thing that they would battle each other every day and battle fiercely. Now they're squatches battling squatches? Squatches battling squatches. <clears throat> he noticed that when these squatches got ready to go out to battle each other, they would remove their heart. And he said he saw seven of the squatches remove their heart and place them on a mantle. Each squatch took their heart out and placed it on a mantle. So now they went out to do battle and he was watching them do battle. And as they were fighting, he took out his dagger and said, I will get revenge on my tribe for they've killed them all. As he stabbed each heart with his dagger, as the squatches were doing battle, they, one would fall over dead and then he'd do another heart and that one would fall over dead so he continued until he did all seven squatches and they all died and that was his revenge for them going into his tribe and destroying his tribe now i was thinking to myself 
is this a native story that portrays the supernatural abilities of Sasquatches? You know, I it was an interesting story and it caught my attention and I, I was I was intrigued by it. <clears throat> right now, it's one of those stories. You know, we can't tell either way. I mean, it, it could be just a, a story, folklore, or something passed down. It can. But usually with those stories, there's always a grain of truth to some of them. Always. <clears throat> but um, maybe not taking out their heart, but I, I don't know. We don't know enough about the Sasquatches. We don't know enough about their abilities. And uh, <clears throat> a lot of people seem to make that paranormal connection. Thank so you. if there is that paranormal connection or even the uh, alien connection... Who knows what they could do? You know, it, the the suit could just be right. a suit. That's you know, that's a, what, the hair. The hair, the yeah. Hair the suit. body could be a suit for mm -hmm. an alien. And it's it's interesting because, like we said, there's always that paranormal connection. They always associate squatch activity with UFO activity, or you hear sightings of we were seeing it in the forest and we we're following it and tracking it, and it just disappeared and they track the footprints in the snow and they just disappear right you know uh, and and of course people have theories while they're part primate they they're up in the tree and you know but i don't know you know that's that's funny you bring that up because i was watching a show i told you about it uh, last night um it's called bigfoot is real or something like that but they were out investigating and uh, they had two separate researchers and two separate sites that in the middle of the night they, they called for backup because they said they had something big moving in the canopy in the trees. Right. Now I want to say this was in Louisiana or Kentucky, somewhere over there. Okay. So I don't know. Um, we, we've both seen videos where, uh, <clears throat> I forget what the name of the video was. There's a, a Sasquatch walking, they're filming it up on the ridge and it's got uh, it's holding an infant and when he walks by the tree the infant jumps Jump into the tree. I remember that Yeah, uh, I don't remember what video it is, but I remember that. Yeah, and and the infant swings from the branch for a little bit It's like a primate right yeah. just and you know, so so are they Full primate. I don't think so because you know they they possess human characters now primates possess human DNA well they're the closest thing to us as far as DNA is concerned but when people have these creatures in their sight they say I couldn't shoot it looks so human so right you know uh, and you could differentiate you could say no that's not a human that's an ape right now I, I did hear another encounter story it was on the internet I can't remember what uh, platform I, I listened to it on but it was a hunter he was back in the woods and you know, he he came across two Sasquatch, maybe not fully grown adults, maybe juveniles or something, but they were both up in a tree. He said they're like, uh, the trees would go up and kind of branch off. Right. They're standing in the V of the tree, you know, kind of holding on with one arm and hanging down. And they were screaming at this hunter. And uh, the hunter said he shot one of them in the chest. He said he shot it, it fell to the ground. And the other one immediately jumped to the ground picked it up and, and took off. Uh, and he said he, he followed it for a while and he said with the body of this other Sasquatch around it, over its shoulder, it climbed like a straight up rock face over a ridge and then it disappeared. Not to do that, that's gotta be some power. And I, I have heard on other podcast stories that people 
have told that, you know, these creatures, one was hit by a vehicle and, and there were some off to the side and they wanted to get the body, but, right. but they wouldn't leave. So, you know, of course the men in black and da 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 came and collected it. So, you know, the government, eh, well, we question you. Yep. Uh, but we fully trust you, Mr. Government. Oh yeah. Especially, <laughs> especially with these new vaccines rolling out. <coughs> yeah. We yeah. trust everything you tell us. That's right. So. Yeah. Anyway, but, uh, I, I've always thought about that theory about them climbing trees when the tracks disappear. Right. But um, it, it's a hard theory to swallow just because if you hear eyewitness accounts of their hands or there's even been prints of their hands and their feet, their hands and their feet are, aren't made for climbing like gorillas or monkeys. No, no. They, uh, according to sighting, they have hands and feet just like us. They don't have... What's the... the the apes don't have what do we call our thumb ambidextrous or something something like yeah, that they don't have that theirs is for like gripping and holding on to branches right and we're just not made that way but that's just one thought on the paranormal ability of squatches you know and uh if uh if you have a different view or a different say on it hey we gave you the information reach out yeah but anyway you were telling me a story earlier uh that you know was pretty interesting. I don't know if you want to share that or save it. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and share this one because uh, I, I heard this from a friend at work. I don't think he would share it because it's kind of personal. Okay. But he did share it with me. <clears throat> now, I, I know a, a native man here in New Mexico, and he told me a story about when he was young, I would say a teenager. Him and his brother would hang out with another pair of brothers, and, you know, they would do the high school thing. You go out, you party, you do your thing. <clears throat> now, he's an older gentleman, so back then, they were, their parties consisted of, you know, meeting people in the woods or something. or Well, you know kind, what that's kind like. Kind of like ours. Yeah, right? we did the same thing growing up. Yeah. Right. But um, <clears throat> these guys used to hang out quite a bit. They got to be really close. So my friend and his brother knew these other two gentlemen really well. They lived with their mother. Um, way back in the reservation somewhere. Now, one night, the, the, the brothers, not, not my friend, but his friends, they went out separately. They went out partying, and uh, one of the brothers got home, and he, it was quiet at home, so he assumed everyone was in bed, so he went to bed. He, he stood in bed probably till about, I think he said, three in the morning. Then he woke up to kind of a commotion. He heard arguing. And he got up because he thought maybe his brother came home drunk and was arguing with his mom. So he got up and went walked around the house. No, his brother was in bed asleep, but he heard the arguing. It was coming from his mother's room. She was yelling at somebody, arguing with somebody. So he went to her room, opened the door, and he saw his mom standing there in front of the window. And she's yelling outside the window. Uh, she's speaking her native tongue. And uh, the son says, Mom, what are you doing? What, what, who are you yelling at? And the mother called him over and said, Come here, look at this. He won't leave. So the son walked over and looked out the window where the mom was. He looked out the window, and there was a, they had uh, clotheslines. And on the clothesline, he said, was a huge owl, a big owl. And his mother would argue with the owl, and the owl would answer. The owl would speak in their native tongue. And uh, the brother was just, he was in shock. And uh, the mother said, 
he's saying that one of my boys has to die. Wow. So his the brother, <coughs> he freaked out. He went and got his 22 rifle, and he was taking shots at the owl. Uh, he didn't hit the owl. The owl jumped down to the ground. <coughs> Excuse me. And the owl kind of laughed at him and told him, you can't hit me. So he took a few more shots, and the owl argued back and forth with the mom for a while about one of the boys having to die. And uh, eventually the owl just took off walking. The, the other guy could never hit him with the rifle. or It's the damnedest thing. He, it, it haunted him. It, uh, it, it kind of freaked him out so much, he talked to my friend about it, told him what had happened. Um, he kind of thought he was going crazy, but he said he witnessed it with his own two eyes. Well, come, I guess, three, four days later, this guy comes home, uh, he's looking for his mom. He finds his mom in her room. She committed suicide, a, a self-inflicted gun wound. And he just, next to her was a suicide note. And in the note, she wrote that she did this to protect her children. If she took her own life, then one of her boys wouldn't have to die. Well, that's a crazy story. Yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> we've talked about this before about the natives. If if they trust you, they'll let you in a little bit. And right. I've known this gentleman for quite a while, and he shared that story with me. And that's that's some straight up crazy stuff. That that is. Um, and now I know you know this owl, and of course in the native tradition and the folklore. Uh, You've got the skinwalkers, the, the shapeshifters, which are these. You have the good medicine men, and then you have the black arts medicine men. And uh, I wonder if this w was a skinwalker That's shapeshifter. Possible. Because the, the, the folklore is that they can shift into different animals. And uh, for some reason, this guy could have put a curse on the family, and that's why he's saying one of them has to die. Um, now, I know some of the stories among the skinwalkers is that if their rivals are with a different tribe or a different clan, and amongst the natives, there's, especially the Navajos, who this pertains to this folklore, there's a lot of different clans out there. And they'll put curses on certain clans, and there's certain steps you have to take to remove the curse. Right. Otherwise, mm -hmm. harm is going to befall the family or the person. Right. And if, if you watch shows like, for instance, The Dead Files, it's, it's on the Travel Channel. It's actually a very good show. And at the end, they'll give their advice to either leave the premises or how to get it clean. Right. And uh, a lot of the times they ask for... You get a shaman or a medicine man, something like that. Right, right. Because that's, I guess they're kind of born into it. They're born to do that job. Right. And and most of them are from a young age groomed for that job. Right, yeah. right. And, and that's not just in native tribes here in the States. If you look at some of the tribes in South America, some of those men were groomed from childhood to be the shamans, like in the Amazon tribes and right. the South American tribes. You know, it's just not something that they woke up one day and said, oh, I'm going to be a shaman. No, they were groomed from, from, from childhood since they were small. And I guess it's just a long learning process to learn all the roots and all the traditional, I don't want to say spells, but... 
what would, what would you call them? Right. Uh, <clears throat> healing, healings, I should say. Yeah, the, just the traditions of the medicine man. Right, right. Yeah, and like you said, there there are some who are very positive, but there's also some who are very negative. Well, you have both sides of the coin on everything. You, you have, within anything, you have the good and the bad. That's just the way it is. That's nature you know that's right and even not not only that don't only pertain to native american no. life and folklore uh, uh being uh we have family back in the day well there we have roots in mexico and um i remember my dad telling us about his grandmother and how she would practice witchcraft and, right. and uh how they would uh I forget the the word they had for it, but they would use curses too. And if you were cursed, you'd have to go get this witch doctor or a cubandero. There you go. Yeah, you have a cubandero to, to the, remove the curse. Yeah, he's the healer, and and of course, you know, you got the ones that practice the dark arts and want to implement the curse on you for whatever reason. You may have pissed them off, or they didn't like the way you look, or or jealousy. Or you may have something they don't. Je jealousy, success was always the biggest part of you receiving a curse on you and your family because you became successful. Right. Um, and that just goes in, in our area. I, I, I heard a story of uh, down in Las Cruces and it had to do with the haunting and it was because the successful family didn't want this, the son who was part of the sexual successful family uh, mingling with the maid. And the mother killed the maid, but at the same time, she killed her son in the process. She just went crazy. And to this day, in the restaurant down there, in a, in the Animus Valley, I should say, it's part of, I think, the south side of Las Cruces, and the old town part where Billy, the kid, used to run around. And that restaurant down there is haunted because it's where it was their old uh, plantation house or and many people have witnessed seeing the woman that was killed, the son, and the mom. Right. Now we should do some research uh, on the houses in New Orleans because there's a lot of plantation houses there. Right. And there's a lot of hauntings going on. There was a lot of uh, just shady business. Of course, there was slavery going on. So the way they treated the slaves, you know, they, they looked on them like they weren't human. So they, of course, they did some horrible things to them. Right. And uh, I think that still haunts a lot of the houses, the mansions down there. I think it does. And, and when these slaves came over, they brought, you know, of course, the plantation master wanted to convert them to Christianity. But you hear tales of, you know, they, they accepted the Christianity to uh, appease the master so they wouldn't get beat, whipped, or, or treated wrongly. Right. But in their own time at night, when the master was off doing his thing, they would practice their voodoo, and, and they brought their voodoo from the islands where they were, from Africa. So if you, especially in New Orleans, they still practice that voodoo mixed with, I guess, Christianity, because they have the saints and whatnot, and and you know they they do practice voodoo down there yeah there's there's a whole lot of stuff uh i mean you could dig into it not only in only scratch a surface you've heard of santeria yeah i know what santeria is yeah yeah and and that's a big one and i'll look up the story and i'll because i read a story about uh, a young man that was involved in santeria from uh 
his father. Now, I, I want to find the full story, and if I could find it, I'll, I'll print it out and I'll read it to you verbatim, or I'll just summarize it if I could find it. But just to give you a, a taste of what it involved, as a child, he was always taken to these meetings where people would gather at the house and practice their voodoo in Santeria, and he said his, his father was a high priest in the Santeria religion, and his father would go into a room every night and supposedly talk to the devil himself, talk to Satan. And as he grew up, he got groomed into it. When he married, uh, they, him and his fiance had what was called a black wedding and no guests wanted to come. None of their friends wanted to attend. So they said the only attendance at his wedding was him, his bride, and the demons that would show up. And now this guy described how the city of New York each borough has its own demon that has power over certain boroughs and uh, you know they don't cross but he said that's why there's so much corruption and craziness going on in that city because these demons run the city right. and, and you know it it was such an interesting story but his his tale is he came to Christianity and he left all that behind you know it was one of those stories of redemption but what he tells he tells it with conviction and he says it's true now I, I take his his word for it because if you look at the man you could tell he lived a hard rough life and he said he was no stranger to pulling a gun on someone to even murdering someone if he had to uh, while he was into the Santeria and that too. Life was, it had no meaning. And then, you know, he started studying the Bible and got saved and, and his life changed. And he just tells his story and the transition that saved him. But he says, if you don't think that demons are real and that they're not out there and they're influencing some of the people that are out there being crazy, he said, you need to think again. Right. And, and, and was, I believe it. I believe it. It, it was interesting. I'll, I'll see if I can find the full story. I'll give you more details. It, the story will probably take up the whole podcast, but it would be worth it. It's interesting. Right. Now, <laughs> have you ever been to New Orleans? I have. It's... Uh, to me, you hear all these stories about voodoo and Santeria and all, all the going-ons and whatever they do. And you go see the city, It's uh, especially in the French Quarter. Right. It's an old part of town. They have the above-ground cemeteries, and you're like, whoa. I don't know if it's haunted, but it's just creepy. No, I, I did, and I've seen some of the cemeteries, and they were creepy to me. Yeah. Creepy as hell. I was like, whoa. And, you know, just they're like mausoleums. They're just big concrete graves right and I, I believe they do that above ground because of the the, the moisture the, the water yeah yeah but yeah because most of the graves will get washed up and washed yeah. away yeah but yeah it, it is creepy how they do it but it's it's weird for some reason their their graveyards are totally different and, and they're, they're spooky right now when i was overseas uh in asia a lot of the graveyards were like that for the same reason they're above ground uh their concrete tombs is what they are right now in some places in those third world countries you pay a fixed amount you bury a loved one in there for i think five years right and then if you want to keep them there you gotta re it's like a lease a lease and if if 
the family don't pay, they take what's left of the, the remains out and they give it to the body so they could have somebody else buried there. Right. No, I, I, I saw, um, I think it was on Vice News, I saw how they do that in the Philippines. They do that in the <coughs> Philippines, Indonesia. Yeah, and they were just opening up these tombs and they're like, you got to come get the, the body. And if they didn't, they would just take the bones and throw them right there. Yeah, it's crazy. It was, it was, a, I've never seen anything like that, but. To us, it's taboo. It's strange. Right. But over there, it's, it's, it's just the way it, things are done. Yeah, it's everyday business to them. Yeah. Living in this country, um, whether it's dealing with graveyards or just going to the supermarket everything is uh sugar-coated for us it's made to look nice right you go to another a third world country you go to the market where they got the meat hanging out all day full of flies, flies and it's not a pleasant smell no and no. You, that's why there's a lot more disease in third world countries right. I, i've been to some countries where they have open sewers right down the street and it's not a pretty sight <laughs> so so have i um one of the favorite tourist places is when I was in, a, I think Martinique, it was Martinique. Yeah, the sewers were right there. You turn around from the bar and piss on the sidewalk. Yeah. Yep. Well, being sailors, even if we're in America, we're going to do the same thing. <laughs> right. When in Rome. <laughs> All right. But yeah, there's, and, and you know, we in this country, we're so used to just certain things, but in other countries, it's just commonplace and business as usual. Yep. Yeah, they don't have the amenities we do, folks. And, right. uh, and sometimes they just don't care. I mean, if you've never left the States, then, then you really don't know what the world holds. Right, and uh, I, I think you need to leave to be truly thankful for what we have here. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, you know, we thought we'd bring those stories to you tonight, and uh, we hope you enjoyed them. Yep, and hopefully next week we're going to have a special guest. That's right. We're, I'm going to try to work on that uh, in the next few days. That's right, and uh, so you may hear our first live guest. Nope, it'll be our, our third. Our third. Oh, yeah, our third. Storm. <coughs> Storm Tammy. Storm Tammy. That's right. Yeah, we, uh, we can't forget about Tammy because she's, she's our a, number one Coors Light fan. Yep, she's <laughs> our super fan, Tammy. We can't forget about you. And if you have any stories and you're listening and you want to come back on, Come on. Yep. You could tell us about your Uber Eats stories. Ooh, I'll bet you got some good ones. <laughs> about, about the guys going to get the food with no underwear? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. And uh, be good to each other, people. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>